brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. We made this. Hello and welcome back to Observing the Pattern, a fringe podcast on the We Made This podcast network. I'm your host, Luke Winch, and today we're going to talk about Season 4's Episode 5, Novation. And to join me on this one is a brand new guest, a new voice to add to Observing the Pattern. Very excited to introduce Alison Bredlow. Welcome to the show. Glad to be here, Luke. Good. How is your day going? Uh, it's really going well. Uh, we're getting rain here today so it's actually a pretty pleasant day so cool excellent uh yeah so it's your first time on the show so um why don't you tell me about your fringe origin story how did you discover the show and fall in love with it so i'm not gonna try and get terribly long-winded on this um but fringe came out in about 2009 2010 um at that point i was about um, 16, 17 years old. Um, my original tie into the show was at that point in time. And just in general, growing up, I was very much oriented in movies, television shows. That's really what I like to do in my spare time. And, um, my mom really noticed this. So I believe for, one of my probably 16th or 17th birthday, I actually got um, the first season of Dawson's Creek on DVD. Wow. And <laughs> that's kind of dating it now. <laughs> but um, so that was my original tie-in. Um, I obviously was kind of in an adolescent age. So I think, I kind of gravitated towards that celebrity crush of Joshua Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I actually don't think I came on to Fringe right away. Um, to be honest, I didn't even know. I don't remember seeing like the first season as it came out. I just know at that kind of time period was what kind of when everyone started getting cable TV in their homes. So my parents 
probably got cable TV and I just happened to walk into a room and see an advertisement for fringe. And so, um, I think I came in a little late. I was probably coming. I probably came in at season two. Um, really enjoyed the show to begin with, but, uh, I graduated high school and, uh, proceeded to go to university in 2011. And thankfully, um, my roommate had net a Netflix account at the time. And, uh, so I just kind of snuck into her Netflix and that was the early days of Netflix. So that kind of gave me an opportunity to watch the show from the beginning Mm. And um, I think like everyone else, I definitely was attached after the first episode. And my reasoning is kind of a little bit different. Um, my main reason that I was like, this is my show. I'm really, really going to enjoy this show. Besides it being kind of a science fiction aspect was Gene uh, the cow. <laughs> like any... <laughs> Any show that's going to put a cow into it, I'm all here for it. So I actually grew up on a dairy farm. Um, My husband and I are actually dairy farming today. Uh, Oh, wow. Cows are are a heavy part of our lives. So I really enjoyed that aspect of this sci-fi agriculture connection. (laughs) So uh, that was how I really got tied into it. So... While I was in college, um, I was very uh, obsessed with Fringe. I watched a lot of Fringe in my spare time besides studying. <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, bought posters for my, like, college room walls and uh, basically asked everyone that I knew, have you seen the show? Have you watched Fringe? Can we watch it? <laughs> Just come, come into this fan base with me. And, uh, unfortunately I personally don't know anyone today who is a fan of fringe. So this has been a nice, uh, kind of tie in back into fringe at the time. It was like, no one had heard of the show. No one knew about the show. It was just kind of like my own little <laughs> fan base hole. So this has been nice to kind of revisit it after, you know, 10 or so years. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, finding the online community, I think, has been a a, a great savior for a lot of fringe fans who have a similar problem t- to you, which I do as well. Which is my, you know, friends I have around me physically, either never really watched it or they've, you know, they've heard of it but they've never really engaged with it. So, yeah, the online community has been uh, has been fantastic to kind of engage with on that. Yeah, and I like to be honest, I don't even think I came into the podcast right away uh probably about two or three years ago i I, just like on facebook one day it came up on like groups you might be interested in and it was a fringe fan group and then yeah i think you must have posted or and it was like oh yeah like podcast like wait what how did i not know about this (laughs) i was it's been nice to kind of yeah jump back in time and be like oh yeah i remember that happening so it's been fun excellent so season four then allison um what what are your kind of overall impressions of season four as a whole like you know with with the story and the character arcs because it had a tough act to follow for the end of season three didn't it yeah and i think for me personally i remember watching it initially and then my rewatches 
it definitely wasn't a favorite season of mine. Mm. Um, so it's been nice to try and kind of blank slate it and start over to kind of see um, how I like it now. So um, I think I'm with the majority of people that I'm kind of more of a fan of season two, season three, just more of the alternative universe aspect of it. And obviously seeing characters like Charlie and Folivia, but um Again, I'm kind of keeping an open mind. I think overall, yeah, it's not my favorite season. I don't know if I would rank it at the bottom either, but yeah, I'm kind of undecided at this point. Yeah, I, I'm in a similar position to you because I think I've said um, to a few of the guests already that, that season four is, is the one I remember the least. Um, season three is is my top season i I absolutely adore season three um completely i think i've probably said that many many times over the season three coverage but i just think everything comes together the story the characters all the amazing alternate universe ideas that came through was just superb so season four has it it has a real problem to try and uh, keep the story engaging with a very different situation and this whole storyline with peter re-emerging in a timeline when nobody knows him i think is a good way of keeping the show fresh keeping everyone on their toes so like you i'm i'm re-evaluating as we go along and and kind of uh reassessing my view of the of the season yeah and i just remember initially being so upset that they erase peter like you can't just <laughs> erase my favorite character so yeah i remember me being a part of the online community like Bring Peter back. Where's Peter Bishop? Yeah, there were some strong voices online about that. <laughs> so today's episode, then, Novation, originally aired November 4th, 2011, was written by J.A. Orsi and Graham Rowland and directed by Paul Hollihan. Uh, this is his, his only directorial role of this season, but he does come back for The Boy Must Live in season five. So before we go into a deep dive then, Alison, on this episode, what are your brief thoughts and a score out of 10, please? I actually really enjoyed this episode, um, just on the rewatch, and I think I'm going to actually give it an 8 out of 10. That's a good score, actually. I, I'm, I think I'm going to give it 7.5 out of 10. I think it is a good, it's a good, strong episode. There's some great character moments, I think, particularly the um, Peter and Walter interrogation room scene which which we'll get into um, and also the nina and walter scene i think is marvelous but yeah it's a it's a good strong episode it's quite a transitional episode because it's reintroducing peter into this timeline um we've already had a good lincoln lee olivia relationship established over the past four episodes so it's it's interesting to have that tension slide in on this episode Absolutely. So let's then take a deep dive into Novation. So the cold open, uh, we get a quick glimpse of Peter being brought to the Fringe Division HQ, uh, saying hello to his new home, which is a rather uncomfortable cell at the minute. Meanwhile, Olivia arrives at the lab. Uh, She thinks something's wrong because there's like beeping monitors and Walter's not responding to any shouts, but he's, he's basically trying to get some sleep because this man who has been haunting him for the past four episodes has now appeared in the flesh. Um, and then Olivia basically tells him that, you know, this man is claiming to be your son, Peter Bishop. I just think that would be, I just try to like put myself in that situation and just like, you would think that Walter would be like, are you crazy? 
this person is claiming to be my son. Like, I don't have a son. My son died. <laughs> so interesting. Yeah, well, it's it, it's interesting because that scene cuts immediately after she tells him. So we don't really see the full reaction yeah. of Walter Dewey until he gets kind of brought into the HQ. And then he's kind of coming up with theories about what who this man is and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, you put yourself in Walter's shoes. You're going to be thinking, what you know, what the hell's going on? Particularly, particularly as we find out through throughout this episode, you know, this huge guilt and shame that he carries with him about the two young Peters that he lost. So we meet Helen Truss, or who we think is Helen Truss, and her partner Donald Kellen. We quickly realise that she's acting very strange. She steals Donald's keys. He catches her, and then we realise with the kind of visual clue of the translucent skin that this is shapeshifter. Shape the start again. Shapeshifter Nadine, um, and we see the real Helen's body under the bed. So, what are your thoughts here on like reintroducing the shapeshifters and, and establishing them in, in this story? Yeah, the reintroduction of the shapeshifters is just like the nightmare that doesn't go away. Mm. Um, but I was gonna say. I'd, I like again. We was like we are dealing with a science fiction show, so I I appreciate you know the translucent skin. I and I think for the most part, I don't know how you feel, but I think it still holds up today based on you know uh, graphic wise. It doesn't look like horribly disabled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me me and Brooker I think mentioned in the first episode neither here nor there that we thought the special effect the the street translucent shapeshifter skin looked really good and as you say it holds up really well i think today definitely um because i know that you know if you remember back in season one there were some creaky special effects i think in certain episodes but i think they've either honed their skills very well now on the on the computer or they've just been given a a larger budget because i think the special effects over the past few seasons have been very good so after the credits then walter's brought to fringe hq um, he's clearly quite apprehensive about talking to Peter, isn't he? And, you know, when he's sat down with him in the interrogation room, first of all, it's great to see these two actors face to face again, isn't it? Yeah, I was going to say, it was like, we really have missed our Walter and Peter interactions. It feels like it's not a true fringe episode without them, at least having one scene together. Yeah, there definitely seems to be or has been over the past four episodes that that missing component and you are right it is having those two you know the bishop boys back together even if the situation isn't isn't as lovely and great as we usually get it because of course walter doesn't know who he is peter has all the memories from the previous timeline john and joshua i think are really fantastic in this scene and there's some interesting details isn't there about what happened at raiden lake and how those how the how the interaction of the observer in the previous timeline isn't here in this one. Yeah, and I th- I think just with John Noble's acting, he really conveys like he doesn't even want to look at Peter. Mm. He doesn't want yeah, like you said he doesn't really want to go down that road again. Like I've been heartbroken basically my whole life in this timeline. And you're basically trying to like cut open my chest and give me an open wound again. So he and I, before they go into the interrogation room, just how he's reacting to Broyle saying here, like ask him these list of questions. How does he know yeah. all this stuff? And you could just tell is like, he's not going to ask any of those questions. No, 
Yeah, I, I love the way John Noble gets across those, I don't know, kind of physical ticks that he gets when he's he's in a very uncomfortable state. Um, and that, re- that really shows when Brawls is kind of saying, you know, answer all these questions, get some information out of him. And he's very, very uncomfortable with this situation, isn't he? Yeah. And of course, what, what also comes out of this conversation is that in this timeline, our team have not encountered observers or know who they are. And that surprised me because... If you cast your mind back to the arrival in season one, where the team kind of come across the observers for the first time on screen, Broyles takes Olivia to this room where there is a team that are have been tracking and taking photos and, and trying to find out who these observers are. So I'm not sure why Peter not existing in this universe would change that fact. I don't know if that's something that you thought about or noticed. Yeah, I thought it was very odd too that they... Yeah, what is an observer? It's like we kind of just took like half of the show's <laughs> back backdrop and completely erased it. And yeah, I was to say now that you brought that up, I remember that in like a lot of detail that yeah, there's this whole room like covered in observer pictures. Mm. We've, been, we've been monitoring this this for years and years and just to not have that. I don't know if that's kind of like a plot flaw, like we didn't think about that. In hindsight, it's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should, too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. If we're going to re- erase that timeline. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to think about because it, it, it kind of made my brain start to work about, okay, what else may or may not have happened in this timeline? Like, you know, with, uh, with John Scott and connecting with his brain and stuff like that. Because it's not ever explicitly said whether certain events took place or not without Peter well, there. I was saying, I think that kind of 
raises the question to me too. It's why wouldn't Charlie be in this timeline then? Mm. I would say obviously we're still dealing with shapeshifters, but in a kind of a different situation. So I don't know. That's a really good point. Yeah, it's it's never explicitly said at all, is it? Where Charlie is, he's just not even he's just not even mentioned. Poor Charlie. I miss Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because the, the, the alternate Charlie, I think they they write away him by saying that he's in Tahiti sipping on cocktails with his you know, with his bug lady wife. Bug I think lady. that's how they get yeah. <laughs> that's how they get rid of him for the alternate version. But this version, our prime version, is is just not mentioned at all. Yeah, so we've got we've got Peter and Walter in the interrogation room, Walter's turning in on himself more and more particularly when peter lays his hand on walter's arm and that that physical that physical touch really sets walter off and he's just like i've got to get out of here i've got to get out of here and that terror and confusion but also mixed with the possibility that he may think that peter's telling the truth yeah i was just say i the way that john noble conveys it i would say that walter is probably so scared of how he feels that like they say later in the episode, I can see, you know, in the eyes of this man that he is my son. Mm. And just what that would do to an a person emotionally is just really hard to think about. Yeah, I mean, you're a parent, aren't you? Yeah, I would say I have a daughter. So that's been interesting about rewatching Fringe too. is like mm. now I can kind of understand a little bit more where Walter is coming from. Yeah, that's really interesting because I, I mean, I don't have any kids, so it's it's hard for me to put myself in that position. But I think with you, it's uh, or anyone else with a child, you can, in a certain way, put your put yourself in Walter's shoes and think, you know, if what it, it I mean, it's 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 a way out there, scientific, um, scientific science fiction concept about having an alternate version of someone. But you can kind of think, you know, if 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 my son or daughter died when they were younger and then I was faced with an adult version of them, you, you know, you wouldn't be able to cope. No, I would think you would not be, your mind would probably just not be able to comprehend something of that magnitude. Mm. So then Lincoln calls Olivia to the trust house crime scene. So then Anderson, what are your thoughts on prime universe Lincoln Lee so far in season four? Cause you know, he was, he was properly introduced at the beginning of this season, we had a version of him uh, in a in an episode in season three. But what do you think to to his character and how he's inserted into the fringe team in this season? Yeah, I was just say I feel I like um, his insertion in this season a lot better. He just seems like a regular character. Um, I, I yeah, I was just saying he's always been like an intuitive character. I think he just thinks of, he's just got a different thought process than Olivia does. So I think he's, he's more rational and I kind of really have appreciated the reintroduction of Lincoln. Um, I remember initially I wasn't a huge fan of Lincoln Lee, um, but I think I'm, I'm thinking I'm warming up to him a little bit more this time around. Yeah. I, I really like, prime universe Lincoln League. It's, it's interesting because we were intro- we were introduced to his alternate version first in season two. Um, and I quite, I kind of liked him as well, but 
you are right. He's very intuitive and he does think differently, not only to Olivia, but the rest of the team. And there's moments throughout this full season when he is, you know, he's calling out something that maybe the rest of the team didn't think about. Or he's saying, like later on in this episode, where um, where Pete is offering his help to look at the uh, the memory discs. And, and Lincoln's just like, you know, why don't we give him a chance? And Brawl is like, nope. So, you know, he, he, he has that ability to kind of think outside the box of what the rest of the fringe team do. Yeah, and I think that's why I, I appreciate him too, is he's willing to give Peter a chance. He's not immediately writing Peter off as the enemy mm. or this is like a conspirator who's out to, you know, tell the information to the world of our small division. Yeah, and he's he's given a good... Uh, kind of character motivation as well isn't he because the shapeshifters of course um are the cause of the death of his partner so that's a season-long kind of motivation for that character and he, he gets quite narrow focused on that and um almost obsessed i think because he's he's thinking about getting more and more information on the shapeshifters and who they are and that's really an impetus for his character yeah and i was gonna say just the like obsession that he has with the shapeshifters is similar to kind of what peter had with the machine yeah that's a good point so it's like we, we all have obsessions <laughs> it's mm. just a little bit different yeah and that's that's a really good point because i i like the way that lincoln and peter's relationship develops across this season as well and they you know they, they there's some tension between them at first but they do form a um a kind of uneasy friendship i think towards the end and i really like the way they the both characters are written and how they do have parallels to each other as well so we're introduced then to Malcolm Truss, who is an ex-Massive Dynamic employee. Nadine, the shapeshifter, tracks him down. They should talk quickly about their scenes because they're quite quick scenes, so we'll kind of bung them all together. What do you think then to, you know, Nadine convinces Truss to help her continue his work because she needs the serum to solve the problem of this kind of phasing in and out of, of shapeshifting. What do you think to their scenes together? And, like, you know, the petrol station incident and all this stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think Nadine's backstory of, you know, pretending to have cancer, you're appealing to, like, a person who obviously has caring qualities. So I can see easily why Malcolm Truss would be willing to help her in that situation. Um, I don't know if... I completely get behind Nadine's really trying to bait him and like, I'm just trying to have you finish your work. You know, William Bell shutting down your project and preventing you from doing all that you're capable of doing. I don't know how much I really believed that part of Malcolm Truss's character that he she was kind of trying to feed into his ego and I, to me it didn't seem like Malcolm was a heavy ego character I would think he felt his you know cellular replication project was important in kind of the scenario of yeah if I can save a cancer patient or if you know I can help a burn victim or something like that but I didn't I didn't fully believe her kind of feeding into his ego. 
I I agree with you actually, and this is part of the reason why I've marked it down a few points to seven point five. It, it, it isn't very convincing. You're right, and I can't remember the name of the actress who plays in Dean, but um, I'm sure she's a great actress. But the, I don't believe her performance that much. Whereas you, you've got Aya Gross, who plays Malcolm Truss, who's who's actually a really good character actor, and he's he's you know he's popped up in lots of genre pieces, uh, the X Files and and so forth. So it, it, I did find the the acting levels between those two a little bit inconsistent, and the Dean trying to goad him, like you said, he doesn't seem an egotistical type, and the writers have tried to use the fact that William Bell shut his work down as a kind of motivation for him to get back into his work. And also there's a couple of quotes that he says about William Bell. The work was shut down due to ethical concerns. Now, that, I find that ironic considering Bell's work with Walter was experimenting on children, which is extremely unethical. So it, it's, you know, there's, it's, it's kind of big for Bell to kind of say that to Malcolm Truss's work. So I, I found that inconsistent detail a bit unbelievable as well. Yeah, I was going to say, and I... I agree with you there. It was, I was like, wait, are we talking about William Bell? Because William Bell was kind of the one, like, we need to push the limits and we need to, we're, yeah, we're scientists, you know, we're just going to do whatever we want. So again, I was like, wait, what? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. What are we talking about here? And Truss says, quotes William Bell saying that some things are not ours to tamper with. I mean, seriously, William Bell was tampering with the fabric of space and time. I think, you know, I think that's uh, <laughs> that's pretty big when it comes to unethical science. Yeah, and I, I was to say, it just kind of goes back to when Walter was going to cross universes to go try and save the alternate Peter, and that's what his assistant ends up saying to him. Some things are not ours to tamper with. I was like... Yeah. William Bell never said that. <laughs> yeah, there is some some inconsistencies, isn't there, with with this little backstory of of Truss and Nadine. It, it doesn't quite fit into the whole narrative of Fringe, I don't think. Right. So then we discover in the next scene that Nina and Olivia have a very different relationship in this timeline. So after Olivia's mother died, Nina took her and her sister in, um, almost as a surrogate mother, basically. Um, what are your thoughts on this then and this kind of new this new relationship that the writers have introduced into the alternate timeline here? I think it's an interesting concept, just the the way it's kind of introduced, like Lincoln is looking at a picture on Nina's desk and just turns to Olivia and says, Is this you? <laughs> and of course Olivia very nonchalantly is like, Yeah, yeah, it is. And to me, it didn't seem like Olivia at all. We just remember Olivia being so hostile to Nina in previous seasons. Yeah. You know, that Olivia was kind of always assuming if anything had to deal with massive dynamic, it was Nina was kind of the mass, you know, master puppeteer in the background that was orchestrating everything. And... I find it interesting, like, what would, how would Nina know that Olivia, Olivia's mom died? There isn't really a connection there, because obviously Mm. Olivia's not going to be a part of the police department when she's 
very young. So it's just how did how did that end up being a coincidence? How did Nina already know about Olivia? Are we kind of trying to go back to Jacksonville somewhat or yeah, that's the only link I can think of is the link between Jacksonville, William Bell and Nina. Because um, I don't I don't think the mother, I don't think Olivia's mother ever knew Nina in the original timeline. I could be corrected by you or any other listeners if I'm wrong, but I just don't remember anything between those at all. So it has to be Jacksonville really, doesn't it? Right. And I just think like the that if in Jacksonville in this timeline... They wouldn't have had like the the Peter in the white tulip That's scenario. Right. You know, we don't even know if Olivia's like stepfather was abusive, really. We might assume that just because maybe Nina knew of that or was consulting with Walter and Walter told her. So then she kind of felt it to take upon herself to protect Olivia and her sister. But again, there's just so much what if and mm. fog. Yeah, definitely. And I think w- what I do like about this timeline's relationship between Nina and Olivia is, is that is that you know Nina had a huge level of distrust surrounding her in season one and two, and that puts another spin on this relationship because of what comes later. You know, when we when it's revealed. Um, of of Nina's involvement later on, so it's it's a nice kind of foreshadowing as well, I think, of of what's to come, and and uh, it's a it's a it's a nice little detail I think they've added into this timeline. So next, yeah, we get a we get a lovely reminder of how clever and technically minded Peter is when he when he hacks into the intercom so he can listen to uh, the team's conversation when they're wondering what to do. Um, and I like this, and I do like the way Peter just kind of you know they they they, they hear his voice over the intercom. Uh, Broyles is outraged that he's hacked into it, but but this is Peter's way in, isn't it? It's it's his way into the group and ultimately to see Walter again if if he, if he can help the, help them with his knowledge of the shapeshifters from his timeline. Yeah, I actually liked the tie back in because like, okay, Walt uh, Peter being Peter, of course he's going to do that. He's not just going to sit there and be complacent. Like he's going to fight the system and try and figure out how he can get what he wants yeah he's always been a proactive character hasn't he he's 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 never like sat and waited he's always been slightly impatient and just wanting to progress in whatever situation he's in so yeah so we get to the scene then where peter's offering to help the group to try and decrypt the memory discs so they can try and find out the location of the shapeshifter Uh, and again as i mentioned I, i really like the way lincoln is is agreeing with peter and saying you know what other option have we got you know this guy here can help us let's let's go for it whilst the others are very much like you know he can't be trusted we don't know him um so again lincoln is he's he's thinking outside the normal thought processes of the rest of the team so walter walter is affected by his conversation with peter and we get this small lovely scene where he gets out the tin box of his memories what did you think to this and john noble's performance here so it's a very short scene but it's a really lovely one yeah i just i like him going through the trinkets i think he you know he's finally willing to kind of reach back into his memory and relive those not in a negative situation but 
to think of all the good times he had with Peter. So I really, I would say the coin has always been like such a. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Important object and fringe. So it's always nice to see like the, the, the coin back. Yeah, that was lovely. And the seashell. I mean, I saw that as a reminder of the beach house that they have that we saw at the end of season one. Yeah. And I thought it was really nice to see. And I actually appreciated they... I believe they used like an actual uh, young picture of Joshua Jackson, like playing soccer or something like that. Oh, that's good. It's a funny tie in. Like that's an actual picture of Joshua Jackson, but we're pretending it's Peter. Oh, that's lovely. I mean, that's better than, you know, you can sometimes get these awful photoshopped photos that we're led to believe is them as a young person or something. And they can sometimes look pretty, pretty bad. Yeah, I think the X-Files was, uh, was terrible for that. They, they, they just Photoshop faces onto these bodies. And you're just like, that looks, that looks terrible. Yeah. There's some interesting little bits between Olivia and Lincoln. And it's a, it's a nice little, there's some nice little snippets of, of the evolution of, of these two characters. And Lincoln is, he he can see that Olivia's been disturbed by this appearance of of this man Peter, and he kind of drills her about it, and she tells him that he's seen her in her dreams, and and, and now he's here and exists. And I can't help but think that throughout this episode, Lincoln, I, I think Lincoln, as you said, he's, he's you know he's he's really intuitive, and he and he sees things, and maybe he sees that there is a connection between these two, and. There's a little scene towards the end of the episode where she asks him out for a bite and, you know, he, he says no. It's just little things like this that I find really interesting and will be important later because of the relationship that grows between Lincoln Lee and Folivia. Yeah, and as we say, I think it's it's nice that Olivia still has, like, that character to fall back to, to kind of consult with. Just kind of in previous seasons, if it always seemed like Olivia was in her on her own, like I need to kind of interpret this for myself. 
or, you know, we got the scenes at her apartment where she's, you know, obviously drinking and not eating anything except mm. toast maybe. Um, so I think it's, it's nice for the Olivia character to kind of have a friend to consult with that. She maybe is this version of Olivia is kind of in a better mental state where she's kind of more trusting and more open with people. I was, I was thinking about an interesting question in my head as I watched this episode. If you think about it with Peter not being in this timeline, Olivia is in a much better place than she was in the previous timeline, but Walter's in a worse place. So do you think that this timeline is better off without Peter or do you think it needs Peter? Cause there's a, there's a, there's a pro and a con here, isn't there? Yeah. It's kind of like the, the double edged sword or like the catch 22. Mm. It just seems like we can't get on without Peter, but yeah, I was just, I liked, I liked the, your question in your head. Like, yeah, Walter seems to be in a, you know, a more depressed state or complacent state while Olivia seems to be in a more happy place. Mm, yeah, she does. I mean, she hasn't undergone the the horrific trauma of finding out that Faux Olivia or Bo Olivia was living her life for a certain amount of time. I mean, right. that's going to that's gonna affect someone's life pretty, pretty heavy. So we get to this scene, which is probably one of my favourite scenes in the episode, which is when Nina comes to Walter in the lab their relationship's also quite different but there's there's some similar aspects to their relationship but it's it's also quite different and there's this quite I mean quite strong hatred from Walter towards Nina in this one isn't it isn't there yeah and I think in just the seasons leading up to it I think Walter just kind of went through a period of time where he was willing to accept that yeah things were my fault and kind of in this timeline Walter clearly says to Nina like I hated you you like you're the reason my son is dead mm-hmm. if you weren't there I would have my son so I think to me it just raises a lot of questions of in this timeline, what have their interactions really been like? Uh, Are they friends? Are they more like acquaintances, see each other here and there type of thing? I just don't feel like their relationship is as close in this timeline. Yeah, I mean, from the sound of it, they they don't speak very much. I mean, Walter clearly doesn't want to see Nina, but she is insistent that that she does. And I, I like the way she talks with him, actually, because, I mean, he's he's obviously, you know, he says he deserves to be punished. He deserves to suffer for, for the uh, harm he caused by trying to get the other Peter from the other side and save him. So even though there's an element of blame uh, at Nina from Walter, he's still... He still believes that it's his own hubris that has that has caused everything, and and that uh, and that he's to blame for that. And it, and it's a stigma that will hold Walter back from helping Peter for quite a while in this season until until um, uh, enemy of my enemy when Elizabeth from the other side goes over to speak to Walter about helping Peter, and that's the person that 
kind of changes his mind. But up to that point, it's Walter's shame and guilt that's holding him back, isn't it? Yeah, and I think I feel like it's just like a basic human flaw. I think we've all been in situations where you just kind of, well, I could have had that handled that situation better. I could have, or you know, I should have won that race when I lost, and now I'm just kind of like gonna take it to the grave with me. I'm not gonna let this go. Like how I was, you know, so stupid, or I handled that situation wrong. I think. And just in this instance, it's like Walter is his worst enemy. You know, he's kind of keeping himself kind of locked away and doesn't want to really open up and let that go. Yeah, absolutely. And and there's a really there's a really lovely line that he says to Nina where he says, The the eye I saw the eyes of my boy in a man's face and it filled me with indescribable joy. And he saw he looked into adult Peter's eyes and saw his his boy. And eyes are a very powerful symbol in Fringe. Um, you know, the saying, you can see someone's soul through their eyes. And I think that really plays into this a lot. Um, if you remember back to lysergic acid diethylamide, when Peter was in Olivia's mind, and he, and he, he saw the image of the adult Olivia, um, and he knew it wasn't her by looking in her eyes, and then knew that the child was her. So... Eyes are a very powerful connection between these characters in in Fringe. Yeah, and I would say, yeah, going back to LSD, it was like, yeah, that was probably one of my favorite scenes in that episode. Like, just Peter realizing it was the adult Livia was not her. Um, so it's it's nice to kind of get that reminder back with the with the eyes. But I think you it to a father, I think you would truly know. If you looked at someone, even, yeah, if their son passed away and you're getting a chance to see your adult son in the flesh, I think you would know. There's like no amount of time would pass where you would completely forget what your son's eyes looked like. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And I do like that later on when Walter comes to visit Peter and he puts his hand on his face and it's that, I think it's that kind of feeling the face that really that really um, crystallizes for Walter that, that it is indeed his son, but not his son. Because obviously, you know, he's, he's, he thinks it's from a different universe, but actually it's from a different timeline. But it's that touching of the face, it's that physical connection that, that really cements it for him, I think. Yeah, I think he, Walter just still needs that confirmation to kind of have that, that skin-to-skin contact. But yeah. Mm. Uh, so a few more things then. The... They um, find out where Nadine is um, because Peter successfully decrypts the memory chip and they infiltrate the warehouse. Nadine, well, we think Nadine has escaped, uh, but I do like the twist where it basically ends up being Agent Warwick, doesn't it? And she escapes from the ambulance. So that was, it happens very quickly, but it's it's a nice twist to the tale there that she gets away like that. Yeah, and rewatching this episode... I, it's just funny that Olivia is so naive. It's like, have we not learned anything? This happened to Charlie. You can't trust this. I just knew this right away that it was Agent Warwick. Like, how did you not realize that? And I was like, oh yeah, you haven't, <laughs> you haven't lived in that timeline. <laughs> <laughs> 
But earlier on, there is that discussion between Broyles and Peter where Peter's basically saying, you know, they can impersonate someone down to the molecular level. They can be absolutely anybody. You'd think that they'd have their hackles up, you know, they'd be they'd be paying attention to anyone who's been in contact or has been near Nadine that they may be, you know, she may be them. So it is a little bit, it is a little bit naive, just a bit of a, I don't know, just not being alert enough, I think, in that situation. Yeah, and I think, and that might just have been like the time constraints of the episode, but I mean, it could have yeah. been something similar. Like they always had kind of had the, you know, the FBI uh, truck, you know, them heading out to the crime scene or to get Nadine. They could have just had, you know, broils on the intercom saying, hey, just be aware of this, like be vigilant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly being a good um supervisor officer letting their team know of the situation but never mind so we get this interesting moment then where olivia is talking to lincoln um and it's where uh he turns her down when, when, when she says about tweet but the interesting about the scene is the little time slip the little time shift that happens with the hourly reports so this is an interesting an interesting concept. Is it caused by Peter's re-emergence into reality? Is it starting to affect space-time? Or is it connected to a cortex fan or both? Yeah, to be honest, on the when I re-watched it, I didn't remember that. No, I so, didn't. And yeah, just on the re-watch, I was like, wait, that happened? Like, what was the cause of that? Why did that happen? And it's so quick. I, I mean, I kind of watched it first and then I kind of did a second rewatch to kind of write some notes. It's like almost you, if you're, I think if like a first time watcher, I don't think you would really notice it or that it has some significance of any. Yeah. And that's what I like about Fringe and it does this a lot and it will just, it won't make, it won't make a, a fuss of, of it. It won't be any bells and whistles and banners going, this is a special moment, pay attention. They'll just put it in there quickly and you've got to be, alert and watching the episode actively to to really pick it up but I, and, and fringe has always done that from the very beginning uh just putting these little scenes in and little clues and kind of foreshadowing of, of what's to come so it's a really quick moment but it's a it's a really effective one as well isn't it yeah and i i kind of i appreciate anna torv's acting with the episode and just that scene like wait what didn't we? We already yeah, did. She's great. <laughs> she's great. You can fully believe her. Yeah. So we get Walter coming to Peter again, touching his face. Really lovely moment. Wonderfully played by both actors. But Walter is is just basically saying to Peter, "I cannot help you. I've I have done too much. I've I've caused too much harm. I can't repeat the mistakes I've made." And it's 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 obviously something that's going to eat away at Walter for quite some time this season. Um, yeah, it's a great kind of scene to almost end on, isn't it? I I, I was going to say, I, I appreciate Joshua's, Jackson's, just facial expressions in this yeah. scene. Because, you know, when Walter is holding his face, Peter's like, oh, finally, I'm safe. Like, he he's willing to accept me. He's going to help me. And then it just kind of 180 turns back and I'm not going to help you. I just can't. I've got so much guilt. And and Peter's just face is just 
like heart is breaking. <laughs> yeah, he's brilliant in the scene, and yeah, it, it is that that comfort of a father's embrace, or or even you know any parents embrace that a, that a child get, and he he almost looks childlike in his face when he's when mm-hmm. when Walt's touching him. It's a really lovely moment, um, but yeah, as you said, it's quickly ripped away from him with Walter's with Walter's uh, kind of denial of, of, of helping him. So, yeah. And I think just as kind of Walter leaves that episode, Peter kind of has to retract into being, gosh, now I'm kind of back at square one. I'm Mm. like, I'm scared. I don't know what I'm going to do. I just thought I was getting somewhere. Now I'm taking two steps back and starting over. Yeah, definitely. And that's going to, that's going to kind of go through the next episode or two until the mid season finale where things start to move forward a bit more. Uh, the very last scene is Nadine, and she injects a serum. It is successful, and we have the typewriter back. We, we we have the typewriter communication device back, which is always good to see. Yeah, what I found interesting about the typewriter is just historically the typewriter was you know in some back room of the typewriter shop. So mm-hmm. now the fact that it's technology advanced to just travel with you wherever you go, and you can contact the other side yeah. <laughs> it's funny to me yeah kind of mobile uh, the mobile typewriter yeah and we get that message that's sent back we're sending the others so i mean at this point of course we don't know that this is all connected to jones we still think it's walton at maybe the other side um because we don't know that jones exists until a few episodes down so it's a nice it's a nice kind of red herring that they're kind of giving us at the minute until the uh, until the reveal of David Robert Jones. Mm-hmm. So then, that's a fade to black. Any final thoughts or anything that I've missed that you wanted to mention about this episode, Alison? So yeah, I had a, I had a few points, and I'm not sure why I picked up on it in this episode, but kind of just the with lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The costume part of the episode, so... When Peter is getting um, dropped off and put into the interrogation room, if you pay close enough attention, his shirt color actually changes from, it's, I believe it's like a black shirt. And then when Walter is interrogating him, it's like a bluish gray shirt. And I just thought that was kind of funny. Like, it was probably just a blooper. Maybe he spilled something on his shirt. But I was going to say, if he's being held as a prisoner, I don't really think they're going to be like, 
well, what size shirt do you wear? What what size pants can we get you while you stay here? So I thought that was kind of a, like a, an eye-catching piece. And that, another thing with costume was kind of Nina, what Nina wore to go talk with Walter. I just kind of didn't seem like a typical Nina. Uh, it was just a more flashy outfit and usually kind of Nina's more like Olivia kind of you know willing to be more colorful but still not be like boisterous and taking control of the the scene so I thought that was kind of interesting what she was wearing and I think for me if I was in the scenario with Malcolm Truss and Nadine started shape-shifting into like a significant other of mine (laughs) that would be such nightmare material (laughs) i just feel like maybe he was kind of underreacting like yeah like why do you look like my wife type of thing but i (laughs) would just think he would start hyperventilating or calling the cops or something that would be a little bit more dramatic in that scene um, actually the, the part where you kind of think that Malcolm is going to kind of fight against Nadine and maybe sedate her. And, you know, Nadine is like, what are you doing? As he's, as she's basically like breaking his hand, mm. there's just this brief little, uh, part in the next scene where you see Malcolm's hand is just... <laughs> so um duct taped (laughs) (laughs) he's trying to synthesize the serum and he's like holding his like broken hand this just like horribly (laughs) duct taped like this is this is what i have this is what i'm gonna deal with so i just thought that was um a little funny snippet that i caught up on but i another thing that i didn't find terribly believable about the gas station scene was how Malcolm did not see the dead cop's body under the cop car. I just, I, I, or, or, I, I mean, it, would notice it's almost was, not under the cop car. It's almost like so visible that it is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, okay, well you, you are kind of being kidnapped so you should kind of be somewhat aware of your surroundings. I think you would notice if there was a person lying under a vehicle. Yeah, yeah. Again, I think the the trust and the dean scenes are probably the weakest element of of this episode for a lot of the reasons that you've just kind of done there. And yeah, the scene where where, where she morphs into his wife because of what is injected into her, and and his reaction is a is is a bit it is a bit underplayed. It's not. It doesn't ring true with me. Yeah, it's 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 the weakest element of the of the episode, I think. Just the scenes with these two. So, did you spot the observer today? So yeah, I say I I watched it twice, and I didn't see him either time. <laughs> um, but I did go on the Fringe Wiki, and I was a little upset because where he is. I mean, is that even? Like a two to three second scene. Barely. Barely. <laughs> I was like, who who would be able to detect that? 
<laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a very blink and miss moment. But uh, yeah, he's 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 there when Olivia arrives at the Karen Trust household. He's at the far right of the screen, but as you just said, you know the 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 cut is so quick that um, yeah, I just feel like yeah, you would have if you blinked, you probably would have missed it. Yeah, absolutely. And the cipher this week is is one of the abstract ones I think they use it, which is still, S T I double L. Any any idea of any connections to this episode with that word? So the only thing that I came up with was basically saying Peter is still here. Peter is one. still existing, even though it makes no biological scientific sense. Peter is still here. I like that. I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to go with your uh, thought there because I think that's quite good because that's the only thing I can think of. Um, but yeah, they're sometimes really simple. Um, and you can connect to the episode really easily, or sometimes they're just like, what? What are you going on about? But yeah, no, that's good. I like that connection. Yeah, and I think I'm, um, I'm a redhead by nature, but when I started watching Fringe, I never caught on to the glyphs. I was just saying, oh, okay, that's, it's the end of that scene. You know, I didn't realize there was this whole glyph alphabet going on in the background <laughs> until i think yeah i was just uh perusing online somewhere and somebody was saying oh yeah the glyph this week meant and i was like wait what are you talking about there's this whole backstory that i didn't even know existed yeah it's great to find out that there's these hidden messages thing because you're like oh now i've got something else to look out for yeah so then allison that just leaves us or leaves me to uh, subject you to the quiz. Are you ready? Yeah, I was. I'm kind of upset that you know, like in the previous seasons, you took it away. So I know. Like, oh, smooth sailing. I'm gonna have no problem. And then you're like, we're bringing the quiz back. I was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> it is back. And okay, are you ready for question one? We'll do it. When we first meet Doctor Malcolm Truss in his garden, which town does he live in? He lives in Eden. I wrote that down. <laughs> well done. Well done. It is Eden. Eden in Vermont. One of one. Good start. Question two. Which ear does Walter hold the seashell to when he is remembering about young Peter? Mm, I'm going to say the right ear. Oh, it's the left. No. <laughs> oh, tricky. Question three. What is Walter making that Nina says was Peter's favourite dessert when she visits him at the lab? Custard. Custard, yes. Well done. Question four. What does the agent give to Olivia twice because of a time shift? The hourly paperwork. Hourly paperwork. Well done. And the last question is a quote. Who says this to who? One man shouldn't stand in the way of progress, not even William Bell. That's Nadine to Malcolm Truss. That is indeed Nadine to Malcolm Truss. So four out of five, I think that's a pretty damn good score. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'll say, now can I flip it to you and ask you a question and see if you picked up on it? You can. 
you can. I, just, I, I wrote it down, and it's such like a minor thing. It's like, well, we'll see if you were paying attention to. Oh, God. Right. So when Nadine finds Malcolm Truss, what is the name of the dog? Oh, my God. <laughs> I have no idea. It's Sebastian. Sebastian. Um, yeah, I didn't even. I, I didn't. I, I wrote it down because I thought you would get me with that one. Like, <laughs> you're, gonna, you're gonna be like that mean, and you're really gonna dig into it. I do. Well, you got the right one. idea. You got the right idea of noting one. these things down. <laughs> I do have another one if you're up for it. Go on in. So when Malcolm agrees to help Nadine, and Nadine is telling her backstory on her cancer, what is the name? Of Nadine's daughter. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, nope. No. Uh, it's nope. Haley. Haley. I almost think that that may be part of the gas station scene, actually, when they're pumping gas. Mm. She opens her wallet and Malcolm's like, no, I'll pay for it. Which, again, is a weird kidnapping scenario. <laughs> Wow, you really paid attention to some stuff. <laughs> I would say, I, I have another one, if you're ready for it. Go on then, one more. <laughs> See if I can so get this one right. when they triangulate where Nadine is, and they're trying to figure out and find Malcolm Truss, what is the name of the port that Olivia goes to? Oh, bloody hell. <laughs> um... <laughs> Oh, I know I know it's a port. That's, that's all I remember because I remember Lincoln going, that's a port. But I don't remember the name of it. No, I didn't I didn't pick up on that either. It's Clifford's. Clifford's port. Clifford's port. So now I feel like I'm probably shooting myself in the foot because now next time I'm on, you're going to make the questions really super hard. <laughs> well, I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, you're on next for... <laughs> Um, a short story about love. I am going to make the most heinous quiz I have ever written for you next time. Okay, well, you're zero for three. Yeah. <laughs> you need to up your game. Too. And you're for five, so yeah, good point. Okay, we'll change that. We'll change that. <laughs> uh, it's been a pleasure having you on, Alison. Thank you for coming on to today's episode. Yeah, it's been fun. Good, excellent. Uh, and as you just mentioned, you'll be back on for a short story about love, which is in about 10 episodes time. Uh, until then, um, have you got anything, if, if, you, if you want people to find you on socials or you've got anything uh, going on yourself that you'd like people to know about? Yeah, so um, I'm not very active on Twitter. I do have a Twitter. Um, it's A-L-L-Y-P-E-E-P-Z as in zebra. Um, so that's where you can find me on socials. That's also my Instagram. If you're looking for fringe-related content, I do have a Tumblr. And my Tumblr is empty, as in the opposite of full, and acre, A-C-R-E. So I can, I will send you a chat with all of that. Cool. Excellent. I'll put that in the show notes. And you can find me on Twitter at Luke underscore Winch. And you can also find me on lootwinch.com where you can find links to all the podcasts I do and also a link to my book blog where I review science fiction and fantasy books and have a uh, fortnightly or bi-weekly blog as well. 
Thanks for joining us, everyone, for another episode. And remember, we are part of the We Made This podcast network. Please subscribe to Observing the Pattern and give us a rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Really helps us get us out there. Uh, Fringe is not all we're discussing, so we'll give you a taste of what else you may have missed on the network in a moment. But for now, take care, and we shall see you next time over here, over there, and somewhere in between. Observing the Pattern was created by Andrew Brooker and Tony Black and is produced by Tony Black and Luke Winch for the We Made This Podcast Network. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating review to help more people find the show. You can find the podcast on Twitter at the OTP Podcast and on Facebook by typing in Observing the Pattern. You can also find We Made This on Facebook and on Twitter at We Made This Pod where you can find shows on film, TV, music and broader popular culture. Also check out our website, wemadethispod.com. Thanks again for listening. Elsewhere on We Made This. The giddy carousel of pop. By 1989, I'd actually landed a job working at a fashion PR agency called Lynn Frank's PR. This particular issue is memorable to me because it was our first smash its cover for our client, uh, Nana Cherry. They never told you if you, you'd get a cover or not. There'd all be this, this kind of cat and mouse. Well, you know, we'll look at it as a great feature and we'll have to have our own shoot and we'll have to do this. Da, 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 da. And then there's quite a long period of negotiation and you never really knew if you got the cover until it came out. And I remember, you know, when you go down and see it on the newsstand, it was a fantastic feeling. It just felt like, you know, this is my sort of goal in extra time to win the <laughs> The introduction, the editorial, if you will, was written by David Campetti and it shows real love and isn't shy about having a dig at cheap-ass, lazy film adaptations. Yeah, Campetti is an interesting one as the the, the co-founder of Innovation and also the editor. Yeah, a lot of his editorials are hawking other merch, hawking, you know, the different books and stuff they're putting out but it never felt too corporate he he has a passion in his voice that he very much is enthusiastic and enjoys that they're getting to adapt these franchises it does seem like he's definitely acquired chucky because he's a fan red and berry podcast the theme this month was an Anne rule book so True Crime, but not The Stranger Beside Me, which is her big book that broke her, you know, broke the world of true crime fiction. Not fiction, non-fiction. True crime fiction, I just said. That's not a sentence. Yeah. He fell in love. Oh. He's so in love, but still not in love enough to stop using sex workers. Yeah. But in love enough to not murder them. So Okay. He's a romantic, is what I'm saying. Yeah, what a man. What a dreamy man. Um, but his actual name was Robert Knickerbocker. Wow. Which is like the best surname ever. Do you think maybe she thought no one's going to believe this is a real name? Well, yeah, that could have been it. If I'm wrong, please don't correct me. I don't want to know. I'm <laughs> right. Thank you. Check out all of these shows and more on the We Made This podcast network.
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.